This is Jumpin' Joe Wiley, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Listening to Bulletproof Estate Planning, the show where you gain clarity and understanding about such things as last will and testament, the probate process, trusts, and how not to lose everything you own to the high cost of the nursing home. Now here's your host, Estate Plan Stan. All right, hey, good day to you. Good day to you on this July the 8th, 2023. You're listening to Bulletproof Estate Planning with your host, Estate Plan Stan. I am Stan Prochowski with Prochowski Estate Law, Prochowski Elder Law, located on the square in beautiful downtown Pulaski, Tennessee. Bulletproof Estate Planning is a show where we talk about, well, basically, we talk about anything that has to do with estate planning. We talk about last wills and testament. We talk about revocable living trusts. talk about special needs trusts. Talk about asset protection trust, 10 care planning, and the, the kind of 10 care, 10 care planning is designed to keep you from going broke in the nursing home. As always, I encourage questions. I love questions. If you have one, please ask. This show is all about education on what your options are. So if you have a question, call me. Call me at my office at 931-363-7222 or go to my website at stateplanstand.com. That's E-S. T-A-T-E-P-L-A-N-S-T-A-N.com, estateplanstand.com. There you can find my email and ask that way, or if you forget the phone number, that's on there, the website too. Always enjoy and get a kick out of doing this show here on Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia, Tennessee. All my episodes are posted as podcasts on the WKOM website, and that's cool. So if you ever miss one, or maybe you just want to go back and review a topic. Hey, man, it is all there for you to do so. So let's talk about this weekend. This weekend was the 4th of July. I hope you all got through it. It was a hot one. I did some outside projects, and I'll tell you what, on about the third day, about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I came in and said, you know what, I've had about all the outside I can handle. Um, I'm going to do some inside <laughs> projects now. It was just a scorcher. And, you know, when you get my age, you don't want to get too hot and not cool off. So be careful of that. But anyway, it was good. I mean, I'm a real patriot. You know, I love my country. I love America. Uh, I don't don't love what's going on these days, but I do love the country and the concept. And hopefully we can get it back. But uh, I always, the 4th of July is always one of those holidays that's near and dear to me. You know, used to shoot off fireworks, you know, when the kids were little. But I don't do much of that anymore. I just do like to honor what it's about. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite plays, I'm associated with the theater next door here, and one of my favorite plays ever was, is uh, 1776. It's a musical, but it's all about the signing of the Declaration of Independence, which is what July 4th is all about. And it's pretty true to the historical account. And it's pretty neat. So we actually did it a couple of times here. I got to play John Adams. So, yes, you can call me Mr. President. <laughs> So anyway, um, I I hope you enjoyed it because I did. I always do the fourth. All right. So we got a seminar coming up, you know, and I've been saying, all right, the next seminar is way out at the end of July. Well, it's not so way out anymore, I guess, because here we are a week into July. And the next seminar coming up is July the 29th. Now, that's a Saturday. 
And we always do our Saturday seminars at 10 o'clock in the morning. And this one's going to be located right here, right beside my office on the square in Pulaski at the Star Theater. Star Theater is, um, uh, the address is 105 North 1st Street, but if you find the square, you can't miss it. And uh, it's the Southern Tennessee Area Arts Repertory. Big venue, a lot of room to spread out. So if you're interested in coming, uh, if you haven't been to one of my live seminars, you probably ought to give it some thought because I get great, great reviews about them. People love them. People drive for hours to come to them. Uh, I think you'll get more out of the live one than some of the recorded ones we do, but uh, the information is the information. And we have a question and answer period where you can you can wear me out if you want to. You can just wear me out with questions, and I will stay until the last question is answered. So that's the next seminar, uh, July the 29th at 10 o'clock at the Star Theater on the Square in Pulaski. All right, so we were talking last week, and we want to kind of re-up. But before that, I want to go over a question or two that came in. Okay, and, uh, you know, somebody was listening, and they called me and said, and the contact, it was like about, you know, remember a while back we talked about giving things away, divestments, and how that triggers a penalty period. And they really wanted to do something, but they said, you know, I'm worried about the five-year look-back rule. I don't want to get in trouble for, for giving something away. And, I, you know, I want to make it clear. I, I try to make it as clear as I can, but maybe I'm not doing such a good job sometimes. But, you know, if you want to, giving something away, it doesn't mean you can't do it. You can give it away. It's just that it will, if you go into long-term care in the next five years of giving it away, they're going, to use, they're going to calculate a penalty period, which is a period of ineligibility. I mean, they're not going to get mad at you, okay? They're going to say, well, if you wouldn't have given it away, you could have sold that property and used it to pay us. So we're just not going to pay, we're not going to pay for your care equal to the amount of that gift that you divested away. So 10Care's position is the same. They're, they're not any worse or any better off, right? And so it's not like people get mad at you if you do it. So I want to make it clear, you can give stuff away. You just need to know why that may or may not be a good idea. In other words, I like to tell people, you need to know what comes with that. So if you're getting close to going into care and you think giving it away is the answer, then it's probably not a good idea. If you're healthy and you want to give your kids some land so they can build on it, uh, you still have to deal with the five years. But I say go for it. Give it to them. Don't not give it to them because of this five-year rule. Uh, so, um, yeah, I hope that's clear. It's Just applying these gifts doesn't mean you can't do it. You certainly can do it. All right, now let me let me go over something while I'm on this topic. It's not on the tonight's topic, but let me just go on it because it sounds like it's something I should say about it. When you do decide to give property away, it could be anything. It could be real estate. could be Home Depot stock. It could be who knows. When you decide to give something away, there is another piece of baggage that comes with that that I think is a disadvantage. As a matter of fact, I think this is one of the reasons how and why the government discourages you giving away gifts. So let's take a piece of land, real estate, and let's say you own it now. You're the parent. You have a kid. And your thought process is you want to give it to your kid. Now, I got to go. I got to cover this thing called tax basis. So let's say it's $100,000. let us say when you bought this piece of property 20 years ago, you paid $100,000 for it. I'm using nice, easy numbers for the radio, okay? So you pay $100,000 for it. 
and you keep it for 20 years, and now it's worth 300000 okay? So if you sell it, you the owner, you're going to have a $200,000 capital gain. And if you don't do something with that money, you know, if you realize the gain, meaning you put the money in the bank and don't do anything after 180 days, uh, you're going to be stick. You're going to get hit with a capital gains tax, which is going to be about 28.8 percent. Sometimes it can be as high as 40, <clears throat> but typically around 28.8. And you're going to get hit with this capital gains tax on that gain. So you're going to have to pay 28.8 percent of that $200,000 gain. So the gain is the amount of money the property sold for over your tax basis, and the tax basis is basically what you paid for it. Now. Getting more to the point, when you give property away, here's what happens. When you give it to your kid, you say, here, son, here's the, here's the family farm, $10, love and affection. It's all yours. Deed it right to them. Well, you can do that. Again, you don't, there's nothing that says you can't do it, but you might want to know what happens when you do. Now, when you give it to them like that, they are going to get your tax basis. Because you paid $100,000 for it. You're just gifting it away. There's no new tax basis created because they didn't buy They didn't pay fair market value for it. So the old basis continues on to them. So when they get, when you hand them the deed and they now own it, you have just instantly given them the potential of a $200,000 capital gain, right? Because if they turn around and sell it the very next day after you give it to them, they're going to pay capital gains tax on the $200,000 gain, right? Big disadvantage, right? Now, as opposed to this, if you leave it to them after death in a trust, they'll get a step up in basis. Now, what that means is if you put in the trust, son, I'm going to leave you my farm at my death. And so at the death, it gets deeded from the successor trustee to your son, the new farm. His, your son's new tax basis is now going to be the fair market value the day of your death. And let's just say that was $300,000 at the day of your death. So he, he his basis is $300,000, which means if he turned around and sold it the very next day, no gain, right? Now, if he keeps it for 20 years and it goes to $500,000, he'll have his own capital gain, right? But it will have started from the stepped-up number. Now, that step-up in basis is a tremendous advantage, a tremendous benefit to your heirs. And that goes for any any property, except for cash. I mean, cash has whatever value it has. There is no base tax value. on You can't give them old cash and say, well, <laughs> I mean, you didn't pay $100,000 for $200,000 worth of cash. If you did, you better rethink that logic. So, But, uh, you know, when you give away ownership, gold, uh, stocks, um, uh, any kind of corporate ownership or real estate, you know, if you, if you, if you have a tax basis on it, you can get that step up in basis if you leave it to them after death. So, again, you can sure give it away during life. The question is, you know, what goes with that that may or may not make it so attractive to do? So, all right. So last week, we're going to pick up where we left off because last week we kind of decided we're moving into crisis planning. Crisis planning, you know, I'll, I'll repeat myself. Crisis planning is when you come and say, hey, and Gertrude, or my, my wife is in the nursing home. What do I do? What can I do to save everything we've worked for? Versus the pre-planning that we've done bef- uh, a couple of weeks back 
with the Asset Protection Trust, that's when you say, you know what, I don't know if I'm going to go into long-term care, but if my wife or I ever do, sure don't want to lose everything we own. Uh, you know, we we dealt with that. That's the trust. Now we're we're out of time. Somebody's already there. Somebody's already in care. That's how we define crisis planning. And that's what we're talking about. And last week, we talked about what does that look like when it starts? And we said, you know, usually it starts with a fall or an accident and people go to the hospital, you know, and then Medicare pays for a certain number of days and then they do a 80% for a certain number of days. And if you end up having to stay in long-term care, then the transition is to private pay or have 10 care pay the bill. And we talked about when you get there, what, you know, what do we want to do? We want to plan for that because if you don't plan for it, you're going to be expected to private pay. Because when Medicare stops paying, they want to know how you're going to pay the bill. And if the bill is $8,500 a month, that's expensive. And so I don't know what your wherewithal is, but you can get out a calculator and you can figure it up of how long you can withstand that rate of financial bleeding. And usually for most folks, it's not long. Now, if you're independently wealthy, you can afford it. I'm not saying you have to spend it, but I'm saying it doesn't hurt as bad anyway. You could probably even get extra uh, extra care if you pay for it because you can afford it. But again, I'm not saying do it. I'm just saying you can live with it a little easier than somebody of, or the average people that are 98% of us that, you know, have worked all our lives for what we got. And, you know, we got a nice little nest egg, but it's just not going to withstand that kind of cost for very long. And so, you know, what do we do? Well, the, the, what, the goal is to become eligible for 10 care. And again, you might want to go back and listen to last week or the week before when I talked about the statute of 10 care says, if somebody goes into long-term care, you are required to shift the burden to the third-party state. You don't, you're not even expected to private pay. So many do because nobody tells them anything different. Thus, this radio show, I'm telling you something different. You, you, you don't have to pay privately. Now, once Medicare runs out, they're expected to pay privately. So hopefully we would have put that time that can be up to 100 days to good use. And we would have gotten ourselves qualified and if we can get a 10 care application filed, then, you know, we don't have to pay the full amount. And so the question is, okay, well, what does that look like, Stan? What, is the, what, what can we do to protect our assets? And that's exactly what we're talking about. Because when you, when you talk about being eligible for 10 care, there are three categories you have to be eligible for. One is you have to be medically needy. That's not my decision. That's the doctors or the medical industry. In other words, you have to need to be there. You can't just go there because you want to play Parcheesi and hang out with the guys. Um, they don't, you know, you got to have a medical reason to be there. And like I said, the uh, the doctors determine that. The next thing you got to ca- classify for is you have to be income eligible. And we are an income, on, I mean, an income cap state. So, our, you know, the amount of income you're allowed to have, it has a cap. And if you get more than that, you got too much, okay? So right now, you know, our income cap is $2,742. Now, what if you have more than that? Well, that's going to be another Saturday night uh, um, cast show. And we're going to talk about that because that's really easy to fix. It's very If you're over the cap, it's a super simple thing to fix. That surprises you, right? If you're over the cap, you're not eligible. That's right. But we can do something with the amount that's over the cap that will still maintain our eligibility. 
We will get to that. But the third category is you have to be resource eligible. Now, resources are the things you own. Your bank accounts, your home, your real estate, your stocks, your Edward Jones accounts, your 401ks. I mean, you just your whole plethora of your life savings are your resources, stuff you own, not income, not stuff that comes in every month like earnings, earning stuff like wages or Social Security or your pension. It's not that. That's income. This is resources, stuff you own. And those last two, income and resources, is what we pretty much do. We get people eligible. If you're not, if you're sitting there and you say, you know what, I make more than $2,753 stands, so no sense in me even calling you, I'm not eligible. Well, wait a minute. Give us a call. We can do something like that. We can make you eligible. Most people aren't eligible right coming out of the gate. I mean, when you think about it, we're going to talk about this $2,000 number that everybody throws around. So, oh, you can't have more than $2,000. Well, let's think about that for a second. Unless you're totally indigent and a bum on the street, I mean, who doesn't have $2,000? I mean, it's a lot of money to a lot of people, but let's think about it. If you add up everything you have, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody that has less than that, right? It's kind of a ridiculously low number, isn't it? So, you know, why would they set it at $2,000 when... I guess the thought process is absolutely, positively, nobody would be be eligible for it. Well, that's what leads us into what we do, because the you know the statute says you you can't have more, the statute does say you can't have more than two thousand dollars, but there's more to the story. The statute says you cannot have more than two thousand dollars of countable assets. Now you've heard me say before the key word there is the word countable. Countable is a category. It is a category of assets. It doesn't mean $2,000 to your name, although that's how so many people interpret it. And they interpret it because they talk to their neighbor, talk to Joe across the street, they, who's got the inside line, you know, and just, oh, yeah, you got, you got too much, and you got to spend that money down. You start giving your stuff away. You know, Joe's got the inside line. He'll tell you what to do. Or your barber or the hairdresser, and they, they all have their, everybody and their brother has their opinion of how things should happen at this stage of the game. And none of it is correct. Some of it might have some glimmer of truth in it, but it sure isn't the way to do it. So, but the, but if you want to stick to the statute, which is what we want to stick to, we have to have less than $2,000 of countable assets. Now, the question comes up in my mind, all right, if we have to have $2,000 of countable assets, are there such a thing as non-countable assets? Seems like a fair question, right? Well, the answer is yes. There can be. So now my next question is, okay, suppose I have $1,500 accountable assets. Could I have $500,000 of non-countable assets and be and still be eligible? Well, the statute says less than $2,000 of countable assets and that you only have fifteen, and that's And that's, that's true. So yes, you can be qualified. The statute is silent on non-countable assets. So hopefully you can kind of see where we're going in a way. And we're going to talk about countable to non-countable conversion. So we're coming up on break number one, and that's where we're going to pick it up. So stay with me here on Bulletproof Estate Planning. I'm your host, Estate Plan Stan, and we will be back right after this.
60 years, people have shopped Parks Motor Sales to get the best vehicles and the best service. ParksMotorSales.com has details on new Buicks, certified pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs, financing, certified technicians, parts, tires, and much more. Stop by 919 Nashville Highway, take a Buick for a test drive, and learn why the Buick Encore and Buick Enclave are among America's most reliable vehicles. Experience the new Buick at Parks Motor Sales. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. Have you been injured in a car accident? Are you still in pain? Untreated whiplash injuries to the spine may lead to future conditions, such as neck pain, low back pain, and headaches. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating these conditions before they get worse. Our accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. Every morning, I park my car across the street from my business, and I can't wait to get in there. That's pretty common for small business owners. We have the added satisfaction, however, of guiding hundreds of families with their retirement, education, savings, and general investments. We're a locally owned business that tries very hard to simplify a complicated world. This is Monty Sneed from Caledonian Financial in Historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Front Porch Radio is Southern Middle Tennessee's home for the best in news, talk, and sports. Missed out on any favorite Front Porch programs? Check us out online at frontporchradiotn.com to download episodes of your favorite podcast. Listen live or listen online. Search for it on your favorite podcast app. iTunes, Spotify, Google, and Amazon Alexa. Join us on the porch. Frontporchradiotn.com. You're listening to your local radio. 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Welcome back from the break. You are listening to Bulletproof Estate Planning. I am your host, Estate Plan Stan. And uh, that was, you're listening to my song there. It's uh, my theme song I use. is a well-known song by a group called The Birds, spelled B-Y-R-D-S. 
and it's called Turn, Turn, Turn. And somebody asked me one time why I picked that song. Well, a couple of reasons. One, I like it. Two, you know, if you ever listen to it, uh, 90% of the lyrics of that song come right out of your scriptures, come out of the book of Ecclesiastes. And it talks about a time, you know, a time for every season. And that's what we deal with here at Prochowski Estate Law, Prochowski Elder Law, different seasons of life. And it talks about being nothing new under the sun. Whatever happened before will happen again. And whatever happens again happened before. And so on. So it's it's a nice tune. It reminds me of my growing up years in the 60s. And uh, anyway, that's why I pick it. And I don't use a different one every time because I like to listen to it. It's about a three-minute song. Maybe one of these days I'll just let the whole thing play <laughs> so we can all listen to it. Uh, maybe. So, All right. So we're, we're coming back to where we left off. And we're talking about this concept of countable assets. And I posed the question, can you... Could you have less than two thousand dollars of countable assets, like the statute says, and have but still but then have five hundred thousand dollars worth of non-countable assets? And of course, I poised that in the question and answer format. But the you know the answer is yes. You know, if you get below, you know, if somebody said, "Well, if I have fifteen hundred dollars of countable assets, and I have five hundred thousand dollars of non-countable assets, am I eligible for ten care benefits?" Many people will tell you, no, you're over-resourced, but they would be wrong. They would be wrong because the statute is silent on non-countable assets. The only assets you need to have below $2,000 are countable. Now, it's true a lot of assets are countable, but we're going, to, you know, we're going to talk about that. So, yes, you can have half a million dollars and still qualify for 10-care benefits which is what you're supposed to do. Shift the burden to the third-party state because this is a program where we are entitled to the benefits. I've gone over that. You're entitled to this. This is not welfare. So you're supposed to make them pay for it. That's what the program is for. Now, getting eligible is where the, the trick is. You know, you got to jump through a bunch of hoops to be eligible, but that you're supposed to go this way. You're supposed to jump through those hoops. You know, I think my record is uh, we got a gal that was in a nursing home, had a $2.4 million estate. Had a lot of real estate, a lot of valuable real estate. And we got her qualified. And the folks at the facility kind of had a fit because when you when you go into a facility, they do what's called an asset search, okay? Now, these folks came in, and they're not the only ones. I've had several people do this, and certain nursing homes do it more than others. But they came in and they said, listen, the nursing home handed us these papers, and they told us, Mom is over-resourced because they did an asset search on her. And it sounds impressive, but the, the, the length of the asset search was they went to the Tennessee property viewer and typed her name in and came up with all the different pieces of property she owned. I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer. but uh, and, and they looked at the fair market value, which is the tax appraised value, and it was more than $2,000. I mean, you can't really own land and for, <laughs> you know, maybe some swamp land somewhere, but... It's hard to own land that doesn't at least value that much. And so they said, you know, she's overqualified. She's going to have to sell this stuff to pay for her care is the advice they gave. Now, I think they just don't know any better. I don't want to assume there's an evil intent there. Although with the administrations of some of these nursing homes, there may be a little bit of that because, you know, if, if a nursing home can get you to private pay, the administration gets bonuses. Plus, the nursing home gets paid more because the private pay rate is much higher than the 10-care rate. 
But anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that some other time. So, um, so you know, we how the heck did we get somebody eligible for TenCare who's only allowed to have $2,000 of countable assets that has $2.4 million worth of assets? How in the holy Hannah did we manage to get them eligible for TenCare? Well, it's not a big mystery. We did what's called the countable to non-countable conversion. So if I tell you there has to be countable assets, and now I've also told you that you can, you can also have non-countable assets. As a matter of fact, there's several categories that fall into the non-countable assets. So the question now arises, well, gee, if I have a countable asset, could I convert it to a non-countable asset? And I guess the question, vice versa, uh, I, although I don't know why you would change non-countable to countable if you're trying to become eligible, it, you know, the other question is, could I convert it from non-countable to countable? And the answer to both of those is yes. You can convert them from one to the other. And so that's what we did in that case. We converted $2.4 million worth of countable assets to non-countable assets. So this gal had like sixteen dollars or $1,700 in the bank. So she had countable assets under $2,000, $2.4 million in real estate that was now classified as non-countable. Did she qualify? Yes, because the statute is silent on non-countable assets. And the nursing home had a fit. You know, they, you know, as a matter of fact, I think the comment was made, we must have been doing something illegal. <laughs> but you know what? We submit, here's the thing. But I, I laugh when I hear that sometimes because it just comes from a, a position of non-education. And you folks that are listening, you're doing it to be educated. <clears throat> so I commend you for that. But it, that's where it comes from. And, you know, when I, I just have to laugh when people say, well, you, mu- you know, he must be doing something illegal. Well, let me tell you what we did. We submitted the 10 care application and they say, well, what'd you do? What kind of property do you have? $2.4 million worth. Okay, what'd you do with it? Well, we converted 2.4 of it from countable to non-countable. Here's the, here's the vehicle we used to do that. Here's when we did it. Here's the receipt or here's the accompanying paperwork, contract, annuity agreements. Here's everything to show you exactly what we did, when we did it, how much we did it with, and why we did it. So everything is above board. Nothing is hidden when we talk to TenCare. And I won't do that. So if you come to me and say, listen, I want to sell this stuff for a dollar. I want to hide it. I think I told you about a case where some attorney told folks to take grandma's money out of the bank and just put it, stash it somewhere. And when they when they said why, it was so that the nursing home can't get it. You know, I won't do that. You know, you can take your business to that guy. He'll, he'll, he's, he'll apparently do that for you. I won't. We work within the rules and we're all above board. Now, if we tell them all that and we send it to them and TenCare approves her and says, okay, she's eligible, and that's exactly what happened in this case, I ask you, how in the heck could we have done something illegal? If we, if what we did was illegal, then TenCare blessed it off, right? Because it it's not that way. It's not, an, it's not that it's not legal. We are exercising the rules, and that's what people don't understand. So, you know, countable at, <clears throat> the $2,000 does not mean $2,000 to your name. Okay? Let me get that. Th- you got to get that through your head. $2,000 countable assets does not mean you only can have $2,000 to your name. Sorry, I'm choking up a little bit. I had to get a glass of water. <clears throat> it does not mean that. That's what everybody thinks it means. It does not. So get your head wrapped around this concept of countable versus non-countable. 
Now, you also hear the word spend down all the time. You go talk to Joe across the street and he goes, you got to spend down, man. You got too much money. You got way too much stuff. You got to spend it all down. You got to buy stuff. You got to spend it. You got to give it away. You got to get it down below $2,000 before you apply. Well, spend down is a legal term. It doesn't mean go on a shopping spree. What it means is, if you look at the statute, spend down down is a legal term. It means recategorize your property from countable to non-countable. Gee, Ms. Estate Plan Stan, you mean to tell me the concept of changing countable assets to non-countable is 10CARE's idea? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they have rules that allow you to do this. And so when you play within the rules, you can salvage a ton of your estate. It doesn't have to be used to pay for the cost of care. All right? So this is what we're going to talk about, countable versus non-countable. We may not even get to the first strategy tonight, but we are coming up on that. But this is important. You understand all these strategies circle around this concept of the countable to non-countable conversion. Because if we can convert everything we own to be not countable, we get to keep it all. Or in some cases, some other people in the family get to keep it. You, if you're in the nursing home, you don't get to keep it. But they're not the ones that are worried about keeping it. The family's worried about keeping it. So, you know, assets are basically initially categorized categorized on one side of the ledger or the other. It's either designated as non-countable or it's designated as countable. So the difference between net countable assets and appropriately calculated protected amount of assets is the total amount of excess resources. Okay, remember we talked about the CESRA, all right? We talked about the CESRA, and we said, okay, suppose you have a $200,000 estate, you're in the nursing home, we do the CESRA calculation. CESRA is the CSRA, that stands for Community Spouse Resource Allowance. And that's basically divided in two. Okay, you divide it in two, and you say, okay, home, living at home spouse, the community spouse, here's your $100,000. Now we're never really going to look at you again. Go away. Now the other $100,000 we're going to give to the institutionalized spouse. The husband, because remember I said we always kill off the husband or put him in the nursing home first. So he's got $100,000. But now you look at the two collectively, $200,000 is still there. We just did this allocation of what's protected. So the spousal impoverishment rules protected half of it. Actually, we're going to throw another $2,000 in the wife's share because the institutionalized spouse can keep up to $2,000, right? So that what that makes now is that the the institutionalized spouse is now $98,000 too much. So he's $98,000 over-resourced. So now we got countable assets into the tune of $98,000 too much. So we got to do this process called spend down. Again, we're not going to go on a spree and dump it on anything we can think of, give it away and just blow it. Put it we're not going to tunica and put 98000 on red 23 and just lose it. Of course, that would be pretty interesting if you want it, wouldn't it? But uh, anyway, uh, you know, we're not going to do that. We're going to do a spend down process, which is what the statute allows us to do. So that you know, we're going to talk about that. So that's the, that's the that once we subtract, we take the net countable and we subtract these protected assets, and that's what we end up with our excess assets, and that's what we want to spend down the excess. 
So when you have excess resources, it causes a patient to be ineligible for 10-care coverage until the assets are uh, depleted or, or used up down to or below the, the protected amount of $2,000, right? Because remember what I said, the, the uh, 10-care act says the only category of resources you have to qualify for is countable. So as soon as you get the countable down below $2,000, you are eligible. It's silent on non-countable, which has no upper limit. Now, the presumption 10-care, the program 10-care takes when they come up with these rules, okay, this spend-down amount and all that, is that they're expecting the excess resources that are to be spent on nursing home care or the cost of care or some other necessary expense that, you know, and they're gonna, that's necessary until the assets fall down below that's applicable limit of $2,000. So, the deplete, you know, when you deplete the assets below this number, that's what's known as the spend-down. So, the, you know, this asset spend-down, it's not to be confused with uh, the general 10-care insurance monthly spend-down that we do over, over with income or over the income limit. Okay, that's something different. We'll talk about that later. Spend-down's a misnomer, though. I mean, the, the word spend-down, like I said, is a legal term. And, you know, there is no actual requirement to spend the excess resources on nursing home care. It never doesn't say that anywhere. That, okay, if you've got too much money, you've got to keep paying the nursing home until you're broke. I mean, there's no actual requirement to do that. In fact, to spend, it, I mean, it's such, a broad, it's such a broad concept. You know, it takes on this expanded kind of definition during the planning that we do. That basically in practice, the spend down actually means to transfer or convert these assets from countable to non-countable until the total amount of countable assets is less than or equal to $2,000. Now, that's a mouthful, but you got to wrap your head around that if you want to understand what we're talking about. So that's the goal. I mean, if you want to put it all in a nutshell, the goal is to take all our countable assets and turn them into non-countable. That way we get to keep them. Is that simple enough? Well, the concept is some of the strategies are complex. Some of them are easy. So we'll get to those. All right. This is really, you know, the whole thing is the art of efficiently converting these countable assets to non-countable assets and doing it efficiently. When you do that, it satisfies the 10-care spend down every bit as sufficiently as actually spending the assets directly on the cost of care. So, you know, I want to be clear, spending on cost of care is certainly something you can do. My question is, why would you? I mean, the only difference is that, you know, the the this asset repositioning, a lot of the assets, instead of being spent, they can be conserved. That's what we want to do. You know, again, if you're going to spend your if you're going to spend it on cost of care, so you got your $98,000 over-resourced, like in our example. And if that person starts spending $85 a month, you know, i got a calculator right here. So let's just see. we got $98,000 divided by $8,500. That's a little less than a year. That's 11 and a half months. So after 11 and a half months, you're going to be eligible. But you're going to be eligible because you're broke. Because now that $2,000 you have in a bank account, that's all you have, right? Because you gave it all away. I mean, you spend it all. You gave half of it to the community spouse. Now, she's not going to pay. She needs money to live off of. And now you are absolutely broke. You are indigent. 
And the $2,000 you have is all that you have. You can do that. Nothing stopping you. That sounds like a plan and you want to do that, do it. And I get some people that say that. They say, well, if I'm racking up a bill at the nursing home, I feel obligated to pay it. Okay, then pay it. I would argue that you don't owe it in the first place. I mean, I think that's ma magnanimous. If you have a bill and you think you ought to pay it, my hat's off to you. You are a, you are a, uh, a genuine, uh, uh, you are a sincere, responsible person. And you take actions for your own, you take responsibility for your own actions. You rack up a bill, you want to pay it. Kudos to you. I'm that way myself. But let me throw this out there. Do you owe it? If you don't owe it, then you should feel just as happy with yourself for not paying something you don't owe. And we talked about that. Ten care is an entitlement. We shouldn't have to pay for it a second time just because we need it. And so, like I said, you can, you can do that. You can spend money on the cost of care. But you, there's other ways to do it. So if you want to do that, do it. If you don't, and keep listening. We're going to talk about how to keep that money, which I think is infinitely more preferable to um, to do. You know, I, I get the, that question a lot. I call it the morality question. Got not too long ago where somebody came in and they had a list of questions that they came to my seminar. And one of them was they were talking to their daughter and the daughter said to them, well, how, you know, how do you feel, mom, about using $8,500 worth of care every month but not paying for it? You know, so you got to get past that. The answer is, well, we did pay for it already. I've been paying for it all my life. Involuntarily, I might add, but I've been paying for it. So therefore, I don't owe it. I'm entitled to it. Big difference between the two. And those aren't my words. Those are the courts of the Tennessee Supreme Court and the Tennessee Appellate Courts that have said that. So, okay, so we want this, this concept of converting assets is the goal. And that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, because the, the, this often this strategy involves, you know, uh, maximizing these tools or these techniques. And most times, when we, we get people eligible, we use a, a several, a multiple number of techniques. So we don't have to have just one. We can combine them. And that's exactly what we do, especially when we're dealing with real estate and larger estates. There's a lot of neat ways to do it. So, all right. So uh, we're coming up on break number two. When we come back, we're going to continue this topic of converting countable assets to non-countable assets so we can keep ourselves from going broke in the nursing home. Stay with me on Bulletproof Estate Planning. I'm Estate Plan Stan, and we'll be right back after this. have a loved one who's either in long-term care or going to be soon? Are you worried about losing everything you own, everything that you've worked for your entire life? If so, we can still do crisis planning and protect the majority of your property. If you have a loved one in this situation, call me, Estate Plan Stan at Prochowski Estate Law. From a little information, I will generate a written report explaining how much property we can protect. Don't go broke just because you require long-term care. Call me, 931-363-7222.
Each week on History's Hook, we'll be bringing you interesting and informative stories from the past in an effort to connect the history in our own backyard to the big events that compose national and world history. I'm your host, Tom Price. This is not your high school history class. We're going to make history fun and compelling. We're going to get you hooked. History's Hook with your host, Tom Price, Saturdays at 9 a.m. and 6 p.m., right here on WKOM 101.7 FM Front Porch Radio. Join us for a journey through time. Ram owners know tough, and they know what they want. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us to have a huge inventory. Call or stop by to talk to one of our Jeep or Ram product specialists, and we will help you build your dream ride. You can count on us. Choose a 1500, 2500, or 3500. Pick the power, options, even the color you want. Buy online and save time with our online shopping tool. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager at Columbia Ace Hardware. We have changed our store hours to better serve our community. Columbia Ace Hardware is now open from 7 to 7, Monday through Friday, from 8 to 4 on Saturday, and closed on Sunday. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us show you customer service that can only be found at Columbia Ace Hardware. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. All right. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back from the break. And you are listening to Bulletproof Estate Planning with your host, Estate Plan Stan. And before the break, we were talking about this concept about, you know, what the, what's all this crisis planning about? I mean, you know, let, let, me, let me put it to you this way. I mean, 
why do we bother planning for this? You know, we talked about the the, the asset protection trust a couple of weeks ago. Now we're talking about these uh, uh, resources we have uh, where we have more than the accountable limit, and we're talking about keeping these. Why do we Why do we do all this? Why do we do all this planning? Because if you, if you do, I mean, we do it to keep the assets. If you do, like I said, and spend it on the cost of care until you got nothing left. You don't need me to help you get eligible for 10 care. You will be eligible by by default because you won't have anything. I mean, you don't need me. I mean, just fill out the application yourself and send it in. What we do here in this office, we take people who have a lifetime of wealth, a lifetime, whatever that is. I mean, some people it's more than others and some people it's less. Some people it's in between. But whatever it is for you, you spend a lifetime acquiring it and it's yours. And a lot of people don't like the idea of losing it all to the cost of care. So, you know, what we do is we get you folks eligible and get you to keep it. And this is the method by how we do it, or the generalized method, by converting your assets from countable to non-countable. So, I mean, that's the, you know, when you want to look at the overall picture and the overwhelming goal, I mean, that's it. So, let's talk about this. And I want to, take, I want to discuss this con- concept of fair market value transactions. Because a lot of confusion often comes up when, when we're talking about the spend down or when you're calculating it. And usually the, the main reason it gets confusion is because of this persistent mis, misconception, I guess I'll call it, that spend down requires that all the excess resources be spent on long-term care expenses. Now, I've said a dozen times tonight, <clears throat> it doesn't have to be spent on that. And I'll say it a dozen more times because I really feel like we've got to drive the point home. You know, a, a question arises, you know, especially from, you know, from the standpoint of the community spouse. Remember, the community spouse is the, in my example, is the wife at home who doesn't need care. The husband's in care. So a question arises concerning these excess resources. And it's something like the spouse is going to say, but what if I need to use that money for things I need? What if I need it? Well, just because a protected amount of resources has been determined doesn't mean that it's it's un that the unprotected amount is kind of walled off and and reserved only for long term care bills. I mean, you can spend it on whatever you want. I mean, it just means that the resources have to be depleted below this value before you can obtain eligibility. And that's what this whole thing's about, obtaining eligibility. Now, if we want to be eligible, we got to do what they say. we got to play in their sandbox, and their sandbox says this $2,000. Okay, we'll get $2,000 accountable assets, and we're going to change the rest of it into something else. Now, the community spouse, you know, they have the ability to use the unprotected resources to make purchases, you know, as part of the spend down. And that can go a long way to helping um, understand this crux of the of the ten care planning techniques, using countable resources to buy non countable assets, and either retain you know that can retain the value, or provide other benefits. So you know the when you make purchases like that, like one of the classic things you can do, you know, is spend a countable asset on a non countable resource. Sound like lawyer double talk? I know it does, but we're gonna we're gonna unpack that a little bit. So, you know, when you do that, the purchases are known as fair market value or fair value transactions. What that means is a commercial transaction where fair market value is paid in exchange for a good or a service, the purchase of which is not considered a divestment. Remember, we talked about divestments, which are giving stuff away. 
you know, so if you got to purchase the results in the ownership of a non-countable asset, you know, where you you know you you bought personal property, you bought a vehicle, or pre-played funeral, or something like that. Now, not only is the transfer exempt from the divestment penalty that we spend so much time on, but the resulting but that asset is now protected because of its classification. It's now non-countable. So we're going to use the example of a vehicle here in just a second. Because that's a good one to use to make the point. doesn't have to be these things. I, I mentioned personal property, vehicle, um, uh, prepaid funeral expenses. Those are classic ones we use, but it doesn't have to be them. So the conversion of assets from countable to non-countable, after we determine what this protected amount is through a fair market value transaction, is the basis of most of the 10 care planning strategies we're going to talk about. That's exactly what we do. It's really kind of a simple concept. You've heard it before, but not in this context. And that's why if you hadn't heard it before and you're awed at this and think that can't be true, well, it is true. You just hadn't heard it before. So fair market value means just that. A good or service has to be paid for at the going rate. Or, or you know, fair market value sometimes is referred to as what a seller would sell for or what a reasonable buyer would pay for that particular item or service. So... You know, if, if, if a transaction exceeds the fair market value, well, then we got a difference. In the, the difference is going to be considered a gift or a divestment. And that triggers that divestment penalty. Remember we talked about it and we don't want to trigger that. So let's go over an example in the time we have left. That's illustrated by a couple who has a 50000 They got $50,000 of excess resources, okay? But they own a $5,000 car. The car is a protected asset. A car is, by definition, non-countable. Well, let me put it this way. If you're a married couple and somebody's in the nursing home, one vehicle is a protected asset. And it says you can own one vehicle regardless of value. Again, what does the statute say? One vehicle regardless of value. Don't read something into it. It's not there. What does that mean? I have to have an old clunker for $2,000? One vehicle regardless of value. Don't put in there what's not there. So since one vehicle is protected, what they can do is they can sell the existing $5,000 car and buy a new one, right? Now, what about what if a couple sells $5,000 car, which has now increased their countable resources to $5,000, right? Because the, the one vehicle was protected. The $5,000 for the vehicle is not protected. Now, suppose they take that and they take the other $50,000 of excess assets. So they take $55,000 and they buy a new vehicle, you know, a Lexus or, a, you know, a Cadillac or something. Well, what we've done was the new vehicle is exempt, right? Its purchase took place using countable cash and it invests in an exempt vehicle. That has the effect of bringing down the total countable assets below the protected amount. So with one fail swoop there, we have taken a countable asset, spent it on a non-countable asset. And now we have accelerated the person's eligibility, protected the property, because now that's going to be considered the Community spouse's main source of transportation. Now, you know, it may not be a new car that you want to do that with, but I mean, you you know, I, you could go buy a Tesla if you wanted, right? Remember what it said? One vehicle regardless of value. Can I get an Austin Martin that's $300,000? Well, one vehicle regardless of value. Don't read into it anything. So, hey, listen, I'm about out of time. So if what you heard this week has piqued your interest, I'm glad because my mission is to get the message out. And that message is when it comes to estate planning, you've got options. You've got lots of options. So if you have any questions about your own family circumstances, I am more than happy to take the time to answer them. 
Call my office at 931-363-7222 or go to my website at estateplanstand.com and set up one of my 15-minute phone calls. That way, my time and attention is dedicated to your questions. Seminar coming up July 29th at Saturday at 10 o'clock at the Star Theater at 105 North 1st Street on the Square in Pulaski, Tennessee. Again, August 29, July 29th at 10 o'clock. Remember, I always say that doing nothing has a predictable result. So thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy the show as much as I enjoy doing it. I'll be back on Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, next Saturday night at 7 o'clock p.m. for the next episode of Bulletproof Estate Planning. And I am Estate Plan Stan. See you next week. Murray County Volunteer Firefighters provide fire and rescue services to Murray County residents like you. I'm Savannah Madison, Public Information Officer with Murray County Fire. Our department serves over 600 square miles, and as a volunteer department, we rely on community donations to operate. You can also support by joining our department. We help you obtain the certifications to become a support member or firefighter. Learn more about making a tax-deductible donation or becoming a firefighter at murraycountyfiretn.org. That's murraycountyfiretn.org. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Tennessee has lots of buried pipelines, so it's important to know the signs of a leak, like if you smell unusual odors or hear hissing, see bubbling earth or water, or dead or dying vegetation. Some signs are even harder to miss, like dirt being blown into the air, a frost ball in an open field, or a flame coming from the ground. If you see any of these signs, don't wait. Leave the area immediately and call 911 or your pipeline company. For more tips on pipeline safety, visit pipesafety.org. A message from the Tennessee Gas Association, Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Blast into big July fun all summer long. You won't need sparklers, spinners, Roman candles, or any other fancy fireworks. 
you'll be rocketing toward explosive top prizes of up to $500,000 with the all-new July Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Hurry in and pick out your favorites today. Find them at your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. What happens when the thrill of Powerball meets...